Thanks for joining us at Summit Church. No matter where you are at on life's journey, you are welcome here. We are excited to share God's word with you through this week's message. Well, good morning to the Summit Church today. So good to be with you today. Well, amen. Why don't we give him a good hand right now? Amen. I want to... uh, I want to back up to the announcements. How many of you listened to the announcements a moment ago? There was a very important item in the announcements. Did you catch it? That the exterior of the building, the new building, has is beginning is begun to be painted. I want to text that to Melissa, our, our pastor's wife, so she will know that it's about to no longer be the red building. <laughs> Can I hear an amen to that? What a wonderful joy it is to be with you today, and uh, I'm very, very excited about this day and what I believe the Lord is going to do. How many of you came with great expectations today? You're expecting something today. It's the most amazing thing to me. How many of you know that God knows everything before it happens? How many of you are glad of that? Nothing surprises God. A few weeks ago, before coronavirus was news all the time, Pastor J.P. called me and asked me if I would speak today a message in his series on the names of God. And I got very excited about the opportunity to begin to pray, and God began to really speak to my heart. I had no idea that what has happened over the last few days would be happening. How many of you know God can give us a word before the crisis ever breaks? Isn't that a good thing? He's been speaking to us on a series called A Thing or Two. It is a study of the names of God. You saw some of them on the screen today, particularly the compound names of God. Very, very important. Names like that we're familiar with, that we are somewhat acquainted with, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. How many of you are glad he is our provider? Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. Thank God he is the healer. He spoke also, I believe it was last Sunday, or Sunday before last, on Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. Boy, is there anything more timely than that right now? And then last Sunday, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord or Jehovah is my banner. Now, the names of God are very important to us because it is through his names that he reveals himself. A particular aspect. How many of you here want to know more about God? How many of you feel you know everything there is to know about God? No, you don't. And the names of God reveal to us something about him that is very important. His character, his personality, his heart, his desire. It it, it affects us in, in a tremendous way. Because the particular name, what we call the compound names of God, Jehovah, Rapha, Jehovah, uh, Shalom, on and on, they give us an insight to the heart of God. And, And it enables us to become better acquainted with him, not only in our personal lives, but also in our public worship. How many of you know names uh, can, names spoken out loud? can have an effect upon you. How many of you here, when you hear a particular name, an image comes into mind? You you suddenly associate that name with something. That's that's why God has given to us this study on the names of God. Let me give you an example of what names do for us. 
I'm going to mention a couple of names, see if you have a mental image that comes up or even a particular emotion. How many of you here, when you hear the name George Washington, you can see a picture of what that means? Or Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I'm, I'm going to check up on all of the folks here that are maybe north of 50 that maybe watch westerns. So I'm going to mention a name. What about the name Matt Dillon? How many of you see something there? Oh, I mean the moment you mention. Amen. James Arness, you know, Dr. Billy Graham, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa. Those names bring to us images that enable us to understand better the heart and the nature and the personality and the person of God. I'm going to be speaking to you for just a few moments this morning on a compound name of Jehovah called Jehovah Rohi. It means the Lord is my shepherd. That's what those words mean. I want to take you to a chapter that you are very unfamiliar with, probably never heard of, and that is Psalm 23. <laughs> Open up your Bibles to Psalm 23. In fact, the compound name Jehovah Rohi is actually found in Psalm 23 and verse 1. Look at this. The Lord is my shepherd. I love this. I shall not want. What a powerful statement that is. Now, the word shepherd is a very, very important word, particularly in the Scripture. It's from the Hebrew word, roha. Listen to this. It means to pasture, to tend, to graze, to feed, to shepherd, to associate with, think about that, to be a friend of to be a companion to, it means to be a special friend. God wanted us to know that he wants to be a companion, a special friend to us. How many of you are glad that you can know Jesus as a special friend? Some of you, well, amen, he is my friend. Some of you remember the old hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Wow. The reason that God reveals this is he does not want you to just see him as the all-powerful, almighty creator, but he wants you to see him as one who cares about you personally. How many of you know Jesus is our best friend indeed? Can I hear an amen to that? David, who wrote Psalm 23, was a shepherd. He tended, defended, cared for, and shepherded his father's sheep. In fact, the Bible refers to us who are Christians as the sheep of his pasture. We're referred to by God as his sheep. How many of you know you're a sheep? All the sheep said, bah. How many of you are glad he didn't call us a goat? <laughs> Amen. Now, let me be honest with you for a moment. I've had a little experience with sheep. My wife and I spent uh, quite a bit of time in Israel. We looked at flocks and shepherd and sheep. And, of course, I've been around sheep a little bit. And how many of you know sheep are just cute and cuddly and sweet and nice and something else? No. Say what now? No. I didn't say you were dumb. You said that, but that is, that is 
That is actually true. Sheep, sheep can be dumb. Sheep can make bad decisions. Sheep can be easily influenced by other sheep to stray. In fact, the Bible says, Isaiah 53, 6, you ever read the verse? All we like sheep, everybody say with me, <laughs> all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Sheep left to themselves can jump off cliffs. Sheep can get lost. Sheep can do, don't be offended by this Greek word, sheep can do stupid things. They can actually, I've seen sheep actually turn on their shepherd. In fact, I teach a lot in classes with uh, young aspiring pastors, young people that are, are feel called to the ministry and they, they're excited about pastoring a church and getting their own church and leading the church because uh, the words shepherd and pastor are interchangeable. And, and I say to them, you need to understand that sheep are great and cuddly and wonderful, but sheep have another side. In fact, I have recommended to them in my classes, I came across this video that I'm going to show you in a moment. It's 17 seconds long. And these students who are considering becoming pastors, I require them to watch this 17-second video 20 times to make sure they're called to be a shepherd. Would you like to see this video? Look at this. How many of you are glad we have a shepherd here that is called? Amen. Amen. What about Jehovah Rohi? The Lord is my shepherd. There is so much that can be said about this. I want you to find your bulletin or a piece of paper, pencil, uh, iPad, iPhone. I want to give you two or three statements about the, the, the tremendous truth of Jesus being our shepherd. First of all, he is personal. I want you to notice the language here. The Lord is my shepherd. Doesn't say the Lord is my daddy's shepherd or my mama's shepherd or my grandpa's shepherd or our shepherd collectively, but he makes this very, very personal. The Lord is my shepherd. I want you to know today that Jesus Christ is your shepherd on a personal basis. Amen. That you can have a personal relationship with God because he has a shepherd's heart. In fact, when I teach a series on the priorities, the number one priority in my life, the number one thing in my life is not my ministry, it is not my particular uh, vocation, but the number one thing in my life is my personal, intimate, eternal relationship with God. How many of you know the invitation of the shepherd is, I want to be your personal friend, your personal savior, your personal guide? How many of you are glad today that he knows you personally? Amen. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. Number two, he not only is personal, he knows me. The shepherd knows me. Number one, he knows my name. Look at John chapter 10. This is a chapter of the New Testament where Christ reveals himself as the great shepherd. All of the compound names in the Old Testament are fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. How many of you know it is Jesus who is our provider? It is Jesus who is our healer. It is Jesus who is our peace. 
And Jesus says in John 10, look at this, verse 3, he says, I am the good shepherd. Listen to this, verse 3, the sheep hear his voice. He calleth his own sheep by what? Oh my. Jesus, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord, my shepherd, knows my name. I'm not just a number. I'm not just a face in the crowd. I am known by name. Now, I don't know what that does for you. That kind of excites me that God Almighty knows my name. You say, oh, Pastor Holden, how in the world could he remember all those names? How many of you know that's not a problem for him? (laughs) Amen. What is amazing is that your name, according to what what the Bible says, and my name, if I've accepted Christ as my Savior, my name is actually written in his book called the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, I want to tell you something. That's, that's something to be excited about, that he's got on record your name. My name, it's not a great name. It's difficult to remember. It's a long name. My name, Kemp Clifton Holden Jr. I don't know what my parents were thinking when they named me with a 40-mile name like that. My goodness. But how many of you know, if you were to look in the Lamb's Book of Life, I promise you, you're going to find Kemp Clifton Holden Jr. is there. That's my name. Boy, let me just stop for a moment. If your name is not in his book, the good news is before we leave this meeting here right now, it can be in his book. Can I hear an amen to that? Oh, hallelujah. But he not only knows my name, he knows my nature. He knows, he knows who I am. He knows my nature. Now, how many of you know that uh, there are some things about my nature that are not necessarily good all the time? Huh. How many of you here, though you are a Christian, there are some things in your nature that are not necessarily good all the time? Some of you have something in your nature called lying, and you're doing it right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Because there are things in my nature that he is working on that are not necessarily worked out doesn't mean that he stops loving me because i got some things in there that are not necessarily right all the time. Let me show you a verse. This, this will set your feet to dancing right here. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched. Watch this. With the feeling, King James says, of our infirmities. This translation says, weaknesses. Touched with the feeling of our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted or tested as we are, yet with no sin. Do you know that he knows you well enough to love you when you're good and love you when you're not good, love you when you do it right, love you when you do it wrong? He knows your nature and says, in spite of that, I want to invite you to come boldly to my throne of grace that you can obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. How many of you are glad of that? Wow. Powerful, powerful. It shocks people sometimes that God knows everything about them all the time. Many years ago, many years ago, I'm originally from Louisiana, 
And many years ago, there was a minister who committed himself to ministry on Bourbon Street. How many of you know that's a good place to minister? <laughs> really, he, in fact, he became so familiar there that he was nicknamed, some of you may remember this, he was nicknamed the Chaplain of Bourbon Street. His name was Bob Harrington. Anybody remember that name? Uh, only me. But uh, he, he was interesting, and he was, he was a kind of a Cajun, and so he could, un, he could handle Bourbon Street and, and minister to them. And so one morning, Bob was walking down the street, down Bourbon Street on the sidewalk, and a drunk came stumbling across the sidewalk, bumped into him, and finally the drunk just kind of bounced off of him and hung up on a parking meter. And he turned around and saw it was Brother Harrington. He said, oh, Brother Bob, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. Please pray for me. Bob Harrington, as his style was, just laid his hands on his shoulder and said, God, help this drunk. <laughs> the drunk interrupted the prayer and said, oh, stop, Brother Bob. Don't tell him I'm drunk. <laughs> how, how many of you know God knew the guy was drunk before he got drunk? <laughs> Come on. I want to help you today. You need to understand that God knows your nature and still loves you. Amen. That's good news. I thought I'd get a better amen than that. <laughs> he not only knows my name. Say with me. He knows my name. Knows Put your right hand up high. Make a declaration and say, I boldly declare, I boldly declare the good shepherd, the shepherd knows my name. Knows my name. He knows my nature, but he knows also my need. He knows my need. Actually, in the plural, he knows my needs. In Psalm 23, 1, look at this verse in the Living Bible. Now, for all you Southern Baptists, just relax. I got the King James right here, so don't don't panic. The King James is right here. But in the Living Bible, look at this. This is actually the New Living. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Sister Amanda led us in a song in, in worship this morning. One of the songs the worship team talked about is everything I need, all I need is found in the person of Jesus. How many of you know if you have the good shepherd in your life, the Bible says you have everything you need. Now, I, I don't know what the word all necessarily means in Alabama, but in Louisiana and Arkansas, all means all. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. That's God's promise. In fact, the apostle Paul picked up on this when he wrote Philippians 4. He said this, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to Wall Street. How many of you are glad it doesn't say that? My God shall supply all of your needs according to the U.S. economy. Oh, no. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Well, amen. Last time I checked, last time I checked, God was not losing sleep over the U.S. economy. I want you to know God will supply everything you need. Amen. amen. Now, I want to take just the next few moments, and I want to talk about something that I've never spoken on before. 
I've, I've quoted the 23rd Psalm. I learned, I've learned it by memory many years ago. But I found something in preparing for this message that I've never seen before. How many of you here have ever read a passage in the Bible and you read it and 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 read it? You go back and read it the next time and suddenly, while you were sleeping, God put something there that wasn't there before. Have <laughs> you ever had that experience? What that is called is illumination. God gives you an insight. In the six verses of Psalm 23, there are, I discovered, seven basic needs of a sheep. And this particular promise in this chapter is that the good shepherd will supply all of my needs. Living Bible says, I have everything I need. Look at this, Psalm 23. Make yourself a quick note. What do sheep need? Sheep need peace. Boy, is that not something we need right now. Look at this, Psalm 23, 2. He maketh me, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside CNN News. <laughs> How many of you here have seen about all of that you, you want to see for a while? You can't feed on that all the time. We, my wife and I were watching the news last night, and I tell you, I heard it and heard it and heard it. And I said to her, I said, would you turn the channel? I want to watch gun smoke. <laughs> Come on. The promise is, <laughs> some of you are way too spiritual for that, but <laughs> he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Number two, sheep need restoration. Sheep experience a depletion in their lives and need to be restored. How many of you here have noticed that in today's world, the world sucks stuff out of you? That you find yourself mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually depleted. The promise is that because the Lord is your shepherd, you can go to him and get filled up again. I meet Christians, and I've experienced this myself, who have a spiritual flat tire once in a while. How many of you have ever had a spiritual flat tire? I mean, the air just went out of your tire. All of us. I, I was going fishing the other day. I got a new set of tires on my truck. Everything was great. I'm driving down Canal and uh, really, really different, but they were having construction over there on Canal. How many of you have noticed that? And I mean, there's traffic everywhere and everybody's blowing their horns and all of a sudden, pow, I heard a blowout on my truck pulling a boat on Canal with 875,000 cars behind me. <laughs> I mean, by the time I could get that thing off the road, and there was a great big guy driving one of these huge dump trucks. I mean, big dump trucks. And I mean, he let down on the horn. It was, it was louder than Gabriel's horn. He was blowing. And he was, he was I, heard, I noticed his directions with his hands didn't seem to be uh, too sanctified. And so I got this thing off the road, but you know what? I just simply 
picked up the phone and I called roadside service. And before you could blink, I couldn't believe it. I've never used roadside service. This little vehicle pulls up, brightly painted, and a little cheery guy gets out. He looks at the tires. I mean, it's demolished. He says, oh, we can take care of that. He said, you just stand back and watch. And I mean, in a matter of seconds, he had that thing fixed and I was on my way fishing. I needed that thing restored. I want you to know the good shepherd is available. If you'll pick up your spiritual phone and call him, he'll come fix you flat. Number three, sheep need direction. Look at verse 3, Psalm 23. He leadeth me. Have you ever needed some direction in your life? You wanted to make a decision, but you wanted to make the right decision, but you didn't know what that decision should be. Let me see your hand. That's what the good shepherd does. Watch the rest of this phrase. He leadeth me, look at this, in paths, watch this, of righteousness for his namesake. That's, that's an old King James uh, verse. That's the language that says, you know, in the 1600s. What does that mean? He leadeth me in paths of righteousness. It literally means, if you go to the original, it literally means he gives me direction to where that I can make decisions as I travel, that will be pleasing to him for his name's sake. I discover in dealing with Christians, it's not that they are not willing to do what God wants them to do. Many of them do not know what God wants them to do or what his will is in a situation. I want to encourage you today, if that's you, if that is you, I want to encourage you today that God has promised to give you leadership and direction. That is a part of the good shepherd's heart. Can I hear an amen to that? Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. My goodness. Number four, sheep need protection. Look at Psalm 23, 4. Yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what does it say? I will fear no evil for, look at this, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. How many of you know some valleys, we do not get to walk around them. We do not necessarily get to walk over them. There are some valleys that we have to walk through them. I've been through a few valleys in my life. 17 years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. That was a valley that I walked through. I've been in some financial valleys. I could go on and on, but I want you to know it makes no difference what the valley is. The promise of the good shepherd is that you will walk through it and he will be with you in that valley until you come out on the other side. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you right now. Right now, this country is walking through a valley like, as the pastor said, we've never seen before. But the good news is, the good news is we're going to walk through it. We're going to be triumphant over it. We're going to overcome it. Let me give you some great news. Let me cheer you up for a moment. Everything is going to be all right. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to tell you something. I don't know how to describe what I'm about to say. 
But when the pastor walked up here at the beginning, before I spoke, and said that he wanted us to read every day Psalm 91. How many remember him saying that? Now, he has not seen my notes. We've not talked about what I was going to say. But two or three days ago, the Holy Spirit directed me back to my message and said, I want you to challenge the people with Psalm 91. And in fact, I put every single verse, that's kind of a lengthy chapter, on the board. God bless these tech people. How many of you know they, they don't like those long passages? But I put this on the board. you got to look at this. Psalm 91, just go to that for a moment. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit knew what we needed to hear today and what we need to be given is a tool to deal with everything going on, and that tool is Psalm 91. Look at this. I will say of the Lord, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Verse 3, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise of pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Verse 5, thou shalt not be afraid. Come on. Yeah. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the error that flieth by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Here's an interesting promise. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. I believe God wants you to take a stand on his word and say, as for me and my house, we are going to stand on God's promises and he's going to watch over us. Amen. Can I hear an amen to that? Oh, my. I, can't, I haven't got time to read uh, the whole chapter here, but, but I want you to look at this. Look at this. Verse 9, because, verse 9, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. How many of you know that Pastor J.P. and I did not talk, but Pastor J.P. was talking to the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost was talking to J.P., and Kemp Holden was talking to the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost was talking to me, and God brought us together at the very same passage on the very same day in which we're dealing with this uh, coronavirus situation. I want you to give you, your neighbor a kind of an elbow punch right there and just say, honey, everything's going to be all right. Number five, sheep need provision. Look at Psalm 23, 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. If you're one of the folks that may have been laid off because of this, I want you to know God has not laid off from providing your need. Get ready to see God do great and wonderful things in making provision even if you're not working. Do you believe God can take care of you even if you're laid off from work? Yes. How many of you have ever experienced that in your life? Let me see your hand. Hold your hand up now. Put it up high if that's happened to you. I want everybody to look around right here because you need to be encouraged. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Watch this. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I want to tell you something. God doesn't want to give you a half a tank. God wants to run your tank over. 
Can I hear an amen to that? Number six, sheep need unconditional love. Look at verse six. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me some of the days. In the good days. Huh? Say it with me. All the days. All the days. I've heard people give testimony when I was growing up as a boy that I just didn't understand. This one, one lady would get up and give her testimony and said, I just want to tell you folks that I'm just so happy to be here because the devil's been after me all week. I was thinking I wasn't a Christian, but I, you know, I don't think I want to become a Christian if the devil would be after you all week. <laughs> That's not what this verse says. You know what this verse says? Surely goodness. Everybody look over your right shoulder. Say, hello, goodness. Over your left shoulder, mercy. Say with me, hello, mercy. You look in your rearview mirror, don't look for the blue lights flashing from the state trooper. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Can I hear an amen to that? Oh, my unconditional love. Amen. Sheep need to know that whatever has happened in your life, God has not stopped loving you, or whatever you have done in your life, God has not stopped loving you. I got an announcement to make. God's not mad at you. God loves you. God is your shepherd. God is your friend. How many of you here have had or you got, you got kids? You got some kids. Let me see your hand. You got kids or grandkids. How many of you have got some good kids? How many of you got some good kids that do some bad things? We're taking a vote here. My wife and I raised two, two daughters. That's an interesting journey to raise two daughters. Boy, their, their, their personalities were different. One of them, you could give them the parent look when they were misbehaving. And boy, if you held it too long, you know, how many of you understand the parent look? Here's what that one daughter would do. The other daughter, you give her the parent look, she'd give it back to you. But you know what? We didn't love how many of you have ever raised a kid like that? Oh, yeah. But you know what? We didn't love one more or less than the other. Why? Because they were our sheep. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Number seven, and I'm done. Sheep need hope. I'm grateful to our pastor for having church today. How many of you know we needed to get together today? We need to get, yes, we did. We need, we need to get together today because we need to understand that we are people of hope. Look at this, Psalm 23, 6, and I will dwell, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, please listen carefully to what I'm going to say. I want you to picture the worst possible thing that could ever happen to you in this virus. Let's say that you got it and you didn't make it, okay, which we believe in that it's not going to happen. But I want to tell you this, if you're a child of God and you close your eyes down here, you're going to open your eyes on streets of gold and dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
That's why, that's why you, can't, you can't keep Christians down. I mean, they, they just, they'll, look, they'll look death right in the eye and say, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. They're getting ready to sing, but before they do, I'm going to sing. <laughs> My wife and I, we built and pastored a church in Jamaica. And uh, how many of you know in Jamaica, the, the number one popular music there is reggae? How many of you are familiar with reggae? Now, it crept into the church, so there was a little reggae in the church, too. But they had a little course that, I, that they taught us that stayed with me, and this has now been 40-something years ago. But I, I still sing it. Listen to this. You might want to learn this before you leave here today. If you know the Lord is keeping you, what you got to worry about? If you know the Lord is keeping you, why don't you sing and shout? Glory, hallelujah, let's praise his name. Every day with Jesus is just the same. If you know the Lord is keeping you, what you got to worry about? So, so, when you get up in the morning and you start to your coffee pot, don't turn on some bad news and ruin your coffee. <laughs> Head for the pot. If you know the Lord is keeping you, what you got to worry about? If you know the Lord is keeping you, why don't you sing and shout? Glory, hallelujah, let's praise his name. Every day with Jesus is just the same. If you know the Lord is keeping you, what you got to worry about? Amen. I'm sorry, Amanda, but I'm so busy I cannot join the worship team. But I want to. I want to pray for you. Could I pray for you before we go? May I do that? i got two quick questions, and then I'm done. Two quick questions. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes for a moment? Lord, we thank you for your wonderful presence, the awesome presence of God in this place. You've brought us together, Lord, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to give us hope, to give us peace, to give us confidence. Lord, we're not to be afraid. My first question is this. How many of you in this room will say to me, Pastor, I really needed to hear this today because, to be honest with you, I've been struggling with a high level of anxiety and anxiousness in my life, and I need God to give me the peace that you described today. I want to pray for you right now. Just put your hand up if that's you. Just put it up. Hey, amen. Just, just put it up high right now. God bless you. 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 I'm going to pray for you in a moment. You may put them down. Some of you have got both hands up. But here's the second question. I said to you at the beginning of the message that the Good Shepherd is personal. He wants to know your name. He wants to know you in an intimate way. How many of you here will say to me, Pastor Kemp, 
I believe in God and I love God and I know there is a God but I do not have that personal relationship with him like you talked about and that is the desire of my heart I want to know him personally as my best friend as my companion as the one that I can talk to and he can talk to me but I do not know him personally I want to pray for you right now before I step off this platform, I want to pray for you, if that's you. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, how many of you will say to me, Pastor Holden, please include me in that prayer. I want to know, I want to know Jesus personally. Put your hand up right now. God bless you. Just leave them up for a moment. God bless you. 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 You may put them down. I want to pray for you right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, first of all, I pray for those folks that just lifted their hands that they could know you personally. You've invited us, Lord, to be your best friend. Right now, Lord, we just pray for them. While, while we, before I finish this prayer, if you lifted your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life forever. I want you to pray this prayer with me. I can't do you praying, but I can help you pray. In fact, I'm going to ask everybody in the building to join me in this prayer, and that will help you folks that raise your hands to pray this prayer. Mean this from your heart. Pray with me now. Dear Lord Jesus, pray it out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I love you. Thank you that you love me. I ask you today to forgive me of all of my sins. I repent of my sins. I'm sorry. I ask your forgiveness. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you, Jesus, died for my sins. You were buried in a tomb and you rose again and you live today. At this moment, I declare Jesus Christ is my Lord, my Savior, and my best friend. Welcome, Jesus, into my heart. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to visit us online at summitchurch.tv or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at summitchurch.tv.